Hey everybody, welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? Uh, in this episode, Will and I are going to discuss glory and glorification. Um, glory is a very loaded topic and a very loosely used word or poorly defined, I suppose. And so we, we wanted to tackle this word and see what the Bible had to say about it. Um, so yeah, we'll be all over the scriptures from Exodus to Revelation. So get your Bibles out and hope you all enjoy. Hey, Will. Hello. Will, okay, I got a question for you. Or I I guess like a a trivia question. Let me have it. Okay. What what is the longest book in the Bible? Easy, Jeremiah. Wow, that's impressive. You got it. I know. Most people think it's Psalms, but... Well, you know... By word count. Yeah, that's right. Word count. If we Word go, count. if we went by chapter, yeah, it'd be Psalms. Okay, okay, hold on. Let's go back then. Okay, what's the shortest book of the Bible? Uh oh, I think you got me on this one. Maybe, I mean, it should be uh, Philemon. Mm. You want to no. try again? I don't. That's my final answer. <laughs> well, I think New Testament it might be Jude, but the whole Bible it's oh. it's Obadiah. Oh, it's not Philemon. What is wrong with me? Yeah. Well, I've heard people good. say Philemon as well. Uh, I say Philemon, though. Is it, it? Is there like a proper way, or is it kind of just tomato, tomato? For these probably, things? probably, yeah, probably tomato, tomato. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. All right. And it is what the topic is today. Okay. But that's What's not my that? question. Well, now I'm confused. <laughs> no, here's the question. What is glory? What is glory? What is glory? We say it a lot. Christians say it a lot. It's not like an everyday term that normal, typical people use. Like you mm-hmm. don't, I don't know how many times I've used glory in a normal conversation in the past. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. Um, so what is it? Why do we say it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I guess just background for this topic. Um, we just talked about sanctification, right? Right. What What did we do before that? Before sanctification? Justification. Is that right? Yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. But regardless, yeah, glorification is kind of the next logical topic. Um, so that's kind of why we're doing this. But yeah, what is glory? It's a good question. It's pro- I don't know. I think it's maybe the most like loosely used and most ill-defined word that I can imagine in Christian lingo. Yeah. Um, just yeah, glory be to glory be God. That's glorious. Um, I, I I hear it in football too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. Like people are like striving for glory, right? Like that's a or maybe in, in competition. You know, but yeah, I mean, I think there's the even the basketball movie. What is it? Road to Glory. Yeah, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's kind of a. I think I think it is like a, maybe a sporting thing. I mean, uh, I think you know Tim Tebow kind of maybe not him specifically, but he bridged the gap in this like sporting Christian thing. That's like you know I'm going to play football for the glory of God. Uh huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so. Yeah, what is glory? And is, um, so I, I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians know the verse. I think it's Romans 3.23, mm-hmm. right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. Right. That's a, that's a key verse in the scriptures. That's like, I don't know if you ever, did you ever learn the Roman road growing up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like a key verse in there showing man's fallen condition. Um, but yeah, we, we should we should know what does the Bible say about glory? Like, what is glory? And then from that, we'll realize what glorification is, which is the, um, the last or consummate step in the Christian experience of salvation, we can say. Um, right. So yeah, I, I think to define glory, we can't just, you know, do Webster's dictionary 
because <laughs> um, you know Webster's Dictionary is going to use the term in the sense that it's been used over the last millennia, right? How it's been developed in the English language. Mm-hmm. But we're looking for what the Bible, how the Bible uses it, how it defines it, right? Um, yep. So I think a good place to go, we could just maybe look at a couple examples. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that I can think of when I think of the glory of God is after the tabernacle is built in Exodus, remember the story it's like you know exodus really only the first like 15 chapters of exodus are about an exodus about a, the leaving of egypt mm-hmm. but from chapter 25 on they're building this this tent you know right this, right. this, this cool structure so <laughs> I, I i'm i'll be the first to vote for a renaming of this book i don't think that the book <laughs> name is inerrant but uh i don't know what, what would we call it you can call it uh oh gosh journey so journeys journeying yeah but that's but they're journeying in like numbers too right what if we what if we read in the the book where we started at the end and then we flash back (laughs) okay well how we we'll we'll have to tackle this problem another time (laughs) yeah okay exodus 40 exodus 40 um I'll read verse 34, which is where it happens. It talks about after everything's built, it says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting or the tabernacle um, and the glory of Jehovah filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Yeah. So, which which is interesting. Yeah. How does that happen? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that first off, that's a huge wrench in this thought of like, it's all about, giving glory to God. It's a, it's a matter. It's like an action, um, almost indistinguishable from praise or just accrediting, you know, it says that the glory, it's almost as if it's like a substance described here, right? Mm -hmm. Like the glory descended, right? It, it, the glory of Jehovah filled the tabernacle. It filled it. It's something that fills, right? Right. Like a, like water in a cup. So that's interesting. Yeah, like, it is. Like that alone. It almost um, seems like it should say, like, the presence filled. Right. Oh, or, that's a great point. You know, or the person. But it yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, I don't know if we're going to get into all those verses, but there's a lot of places where that is pretty explicit. Like, they're interchangeable. The Lord himself and his glory. Like, who's filling it? Did the Lord descend upon the tabernacle? Or did his glory do it, right? Right. Uh, so another another verse um, that I think, this this just might be a, a, a loose way of defining it, but I think it'll be helpful. So even further back, actually, in Exodus chapter 34, we have the account of Moses' um, you know, his stay with God up on the top of the mountain. Remember that? Where, yeah. They're, uh, they're communicating with each other, talking face to face. Like, how does that happen? And it says in verse 28 that he, Moses, was there with Jehovah 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat bread. He did not drink water. And he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Right. And then when he came down from the mountain, from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hands when he came down, he did not know that the skin of his face shone by reason of his speaking with him. Wow. So when Moses came down from the mountain, he didn't realize that his face was shining. It was beaming because he had been talking with God face to face, which, you know, that's just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know that story. Um, right. Right. Maybe maybe not because of the Red Exodus, but it's referred to actually in the New Testament. Second um, Corinthians, Paul points back to that in reference to reading Moses today, and he says in in three seven, you know that the the sons of Israel were not able to gaze at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, a glory which was being done away with, and so Paul says that. What was hap- what was on Moses's face? What was shining is glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. It's not just light; it's glory in his face. 
that was there. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Because, I mean, he comes down with the tablets, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And right. I, I would think in in my definition of glory, kind of just how I perceived it of how people used it around me growing up and being in Christianity, I would think, like, he would do something else to display God's glory mm-hmm. rather than just be there. But, like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he'd do something with the tablets or, like, yeah, I'm, you know, this is the glory of God or look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at these things or <laughs> but but he didn't do any of that. It was just on him from being in God's presence. Yeah. And I almost think, Will, like, I don't think that you would have ever said displaying God's glory <laughs> yeah, uh, if true. you were back then. I mean, because, you know, the, people talk about glorifying God, but in the sense of, like, doing something for him right right but but to actually have his glory and display it like that's that's a that is a foreign concept to our culture that's a very biblical concept though Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i I think um maybe just one more verse to kind of look at moses specifically here so in first john 1 5 there's the famous verse which says god is light right and in him there's no darkness at all so um Back to like your point about it's almost as if his presence filled the tabernacle. Well, according to the scriptures, God himself is light. He is light. And so when, when Moses was speaking with him and his face by doing so started to beam with light and that's described as glory. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if God was beaming out of Moses. Wow, he's like he's he's been imparted into Moses in a sense, or he's radiating forth God, uh, and by doing so, he was show, showing forth God's glory. He was shining out God as as light, really. Right, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is really helpful just as a starter. Like, glory is not just a thing that you do; it is a it's a thing. It's it's a we can even say it's a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually don't have the verse with me. I know there's a verse in in Isaiah, and there's also one in Jeremiah that talks about how God is their glory, and, and there's one that refers specifically to Christ and talks about he is the glory of God. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we might get there. Right. And, then, and this makes it also this very personal, that it's not about necessarily what you do, but it's almost about who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Moses is one. There was only one person in the world at that time who could be in God's presence, right. which was Moses and him coming down, possessing and radiating God's glory just speaks about the kind of person, I guess that Moses was at that uh-huh. point in time. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's one um, just kind of, you know, Moses, we can say he's a, he's really a type of Christ. Um, yeah. In different ways he was, right. He's their, their leader at the time. Uh, I think in Hebrews, it makes that explicit. And maybe Hebrews three talks about, he was a faithful over God's house, right? but Christ, right. Faithful as a son. Um, so I want to look at one verse about Jesus, if that's okay. Um, it's okay. Is that okay? <laughs> Will you let me do that? <laughs> Uh, is John 17, verse 4. I think it's fascinating. So it says, this is like at the end of his life, right before he goes to the cross. He says, I have glorified you on earth, finishing the work you have given me to do. Um, this is like his final prayer, his prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, I have glorified you on earth. Like that was what Jesus did when he was on earth. Mm-hmm. Glorif- he glorified God. Right. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. Like, did Jesus glorify God perfectly? But yes. Right. Right. But you never see anywhere in the Bible him saying, you know, glory be to God or this is all, you know, I, I, I accredit all my doings to God. Like that wasn't what characterized his life was his just continuing to point. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, there are instances where he talks about how he does what he does because the father, mm-hmm. um, but he says like his whole life 
was a life of glorifying wow. God. Yeah, that's right. And what did Jesus do in his life? Well, he did a lot of things. He healed people, right? Cleansed lepers. Yeah. He washed people's feet, right? Uh, how is he glorifying God when he's washing feet? You know, like, I don't, like, wait, at what point is that to the glory of God? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so somehow we have to realize, like, or connect this, like, the way Jesus lived was the life of glorifying God or of, of, yeah, of giving glory to God. So what does that mean? What exactly did Christ do that, uh, that defined that as giving glory to God, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so pretty clear, I guess in some, the original question, what is glory? Mm. It coincides with God's presence. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have glory without God's presence. Right. Um, and so I, I guess maybe that's the best way to answer it. What is glory? Well, glory always has to do with God. It's all, and it's not just something that God gives or mm -hmm. God does, but it's who God is. Anytime right. you get God, you're going to get his glory. So, um, okay. I, yeah. How would you, would you add anything to that? No, I think that's perfect. Yeah. So it has something to do with God's very person and, it's when that God is expressed, I think is that, that would be the safest word to say. It's when God is expressed that he is glorified yeah, or that okay. his glory is seen. Um, so I mean, I, even, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I guess that brings me to the question that if, um, if, so if, if glory is God, then we're saying if we're going to glorify God in some ways, it's like, I, I mean, the patterns of Jesus I need to live God. I need to be mm -hmm. doing things that God does mm -hmm. through me. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, and that, and that, you know, okay, well, how about this verse? You know, Paul says, and whatever you, you know, whatever you, like he said, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, uh -huh. do it all for the glory of God. Right. Right. And to me, that's kind of the verse that always comes to mind when I think of God's glory. Like if I get a new job, if I get a new, whatever, if I do something, if I do this or this or that, it's like, well, I need to remember that I need to do it for God's glory. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, so I guess moving, it's like, how do we, how do we glorify God? If we know what yeah. glory is, how do we enter into it to where we're glorifying him? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a great question. And, and I, I don't know, maybe perhaps like as we keep going, like, like talking about glorification specifically, that'll become clear. Cause I think like, it's so easy to jump to that question. Like, how mm -hmm. do I glorify God? Right. But, but we still need to keep defining, like not only what is glory, glory is, is right. It's God's beaming forth his expression, his radiance. It's, um, but, but so what is glorification for us? Right. Cause the Christian promise or hope is that we would be glorified. Yeah, right, right. right. Uh, Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's... So maybe we could define glorification. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, first place we would go um, is Romans 8.30, I think. I think this speak. So, actually, I don't have it pulled up. Do you happen to have it? Yeah, I mean, I don't actually don't have it. It's the the promise of being glorified that we will be glorified. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I just got it here. Okay. So yeah, and those whom he predestinated, these he called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. So the end kind of result of our Christian hope or or our Christian salvation is to be glorified. Right. Like, and I think that that's actually not super clear for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we talked about the afterlife in an earlier podcast, right? Um, if you didn't, if you haven't listened to that, go back to it. But most people think of the end of Christian salvation as heaven mm -hmm. and yeah. going to a state of eternal bliss. Um, that is a foreign concept to the Bible in, in full. Um, 
our hope is not in eternal bliss in the clouds. Uh, it is to be resurrected and transfigured or glorified so that we can dwell on the earth with the right. Lord in right. resurrected bodies. Like that's, that's what we're going for here, you know? <laughs> um, so anyways, I mean, maybe that's clear enough, but there's, that doesn't really help define glorification at all. I guess that was just kind of a verse to show it's the end of our hope. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that is a good point too, because a lot of, the, I mean, I remember growing up, we had this conference one time and someone, the whole, actually the topic of the conference was the bottom line. It's mm-hmm. like, what is the purpose of the Christian life? Yeah. And what we settled on was it's God's glory. Mm. And what that looked like was we need to be, I, I don't know. I guess it's like God's glory is the most important thing. But one of the, the things we missed in that was, you know, God's glory is pointed towards us. And if we unlock this glorification, this word, you know, this word glorification and action and how we do it, then we'll understand yeah. more about how God gets glory. Right. Right. That's so exactly I, I, right. Yeah. So I think that was a good, that is a good point just to know that like, this is our goal. It, and mm-hmm. I guess we'll get there, but you know, well, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. No. Yeah. No, that's super. It, it, it's important because if the end of our Christian hope is glorification, then like probably that's related to glorifying God. Right. Right. Like, like they both have the word glory in it. So I'm assuming they're related. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's really good to, to look at what the Bible has to say about it because otherwise you might just end up living a, a life that you assume is according to God's purpose, but is actually totally misaiming. Exactly. Yeah. It's not according to what he wants. So, so there's another verse in Philippians three, um, it's verse 21. So this kind of just gives some more detail. It says, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, who will transfigure the body of our humiliation to be conformed to the body of his glory, according to his operation, by which he is able to able even to subject all things to himself. So the word is transfigure, transfigure the body of our humiliation to be conformed to the body of his glory. Right. Um, so this is interesting. I mean, transfiguration was that was that kind of a word that you had did you know that growing up honest question like was that a use like would that have like would you have known what that meant right away kind of i knew well i just knew this the we we would call the story of jesus being transfigured the mount of transfiguration okay okay so you heard that yeah so i kind of heard that but as far Mm -hmm. as i mean he asked me to define it and i have no idea what it means Uh uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the best place to go to to look at what it means. I mean, mm-hmm. Christ is on the mount, and in an instant, his body just becomes glorious and shining, right? Right. Um, yeah, so it, it, I think it's the exact same, like, it's the same root as transformation. Um, like, the what you could think of as, like, a butterfly. It's like metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Metamorphosis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like changing form basically. And the form that we're starting with is the body of our humiliation, right? Our, despite our best efforts, maybe in the gym or, uh, you know, with diets, like, or lack thereof with me. Well, yeah, (laughs) I didn't say it. So, uh, yeah, you know, ultimately this thing decays, whether we like it or not. Right. Um, we get diseases, others and, yeah, it's it's it is a humiliating body if you think about it. It's not as humiliating with the fact that everybody else around us is doing the same, but it'll be conformed. Conformed is like think of Play-Doh, like pushed up against a mold. It'll be um, made like the same as the body of His glory of Christ's uh, body. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what glorification is. It's it's getting that that kind of body really. Um, right. A body that, like Christ, would radiate, right? God is light. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of mystical, I guess. The Christ's body is a really interesting topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we've talked about it before, right? 
Right. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, though, because it, it, based on what you were talking about earlier, that um, God's glory, I, I mean, I guess, okay, what you were talking about earlier about the end goal being to be glorified mm-hmm. is like when I used to think of your body being transfigured and, you know, becoming glorified, like I used to think of that as heaven, going mm-hmm. to heaven, being in heaven. Um, but I think clarifying it now to what we, you know, can see and know that, I don't know, I guess just glorification is, uh, I guess it's our expression and we are getting a new body, but it's not just a new body. It's a new body that is expressing God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like my body without any problems. Yeah. It's right. a, it's a God filled expressing body. Yeah. And you know, with the understanding that Christ, right, that Jesus is God, um, this verse makes it clear, like it, it, it would express God because it mm-hmm. would literally look like him. Right? right. Right. Like there's the verse in first John three, two, like we don't know what we will be, like what we'll look like in that day. Mm-hmm. But we know that when he's, we, we will be like him for we will see him even as he is. Wow. Right. So we're going to, we're going to match him. Right. I mean, I, I imagine we'll still have like, distinction in our face you know right uh but the point is like the the substance will be the same we'll match him in terms of the body and what it's like um okay but that this is not the exciting part and i'm sorry because i feel like a lot of people already know this stuff uh but i think it's a good base to start with yeah the glorification um there's these other verses that have just blown my mind when considering it like my concept of glory has just been kind of revolutionized looking at these. Um, And it has to do with like our Christian life. It has actually everything to do with glory and not glory in the sense of Tim Tebow taking a kneel uh, or taking a knee and saying, glory be to God, Mm -hmm. like glory for us actually is what I mean. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's not something we say often, but the Bible says it so we can say it. So at 1 Corinthians 2, 7, it talks about how uh, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the wisdom which has been hidden, which God predestined before the ages for our glory, for our glory. Right. So God has predestined something from before the ages, and it, the end result would be for our glory, wow. that we would have glory. Mm-hmm. And this is not like a one obscure verse. Actually, there's a principle in the Bible. You should always, like two for testimony, right? It's a principle. Right. Uh, we need at least two verses to talk about something like this. Um, so First Thessalonians 2.12 says the same similar thought. It says that you might walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Right. So we've been called into God's own glory. Like yeah. not just a separate glory, like God's own glory. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's just, I mean, no, I'd never heard anything like that. For sure. Like glory is for God alone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you don't, you don't get any peace in that. And, <laughs> and if you, if you do, then like you're right, you're kind of robbing him of glory. Right. Um, and I, we're not saying taking credit for things we're saying it like remember glory is like this substance it's this thing yeah yeah it's a weight um but we're being called into it actually yeah like part of our destiny uh same thought in second thessalonians two fourteen that he's called you through our gospel unto the obtaining of the glory of our lord jesus christ that yeah. we might obtain the glory of our lord jesus christ mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that is, I mean, that makes it really clear as well, because I think what you said earlier, if it's not about taking credit or giving credit, mm-hmm. but it's just about our meta, metamorphosis, our transformation uh-huh. to where, <laughs> I mean, the Christian life really is about glory. In some ways, in some ways, it's like uh, the more that we are transformed, which, which sometimes metamorphosis 
I don't know why I keep saying. It. I guess because you said it earlier. The more <laughs> the, you know, the more we go through transformation. Transformation can be uh, painful. There can be growing pains. You know, mm-hmm. we have to do things that we don't want to do, and um, I guess go through things we may not want to go through. But ultimately, that is for our good and God's good. If mm-hmm. He wants the glory, then that means that we have to be come glory. <laughs> I mean, that is His glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is interesting because, like, that's maybe that's where we should go because that's. That that's a totally foreign concept, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Like that that we need to, you said, become glory, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Like it's an interesting way of phrasing. I I don't think it's wrong. I think it's like that's that's basically what it's saying. But it's like it's by obtaining this glory, by be, by being glorified that, in a sense, God gets glory. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but that you make a point, like you talk about sufferings and. That glorification is not just a spontaneous thing that'll happen when Christ returns or when we die. Right. Um, it's actually a, a process. It's something that happens over time. Mm-hmm. There's a verse in Second Corinthians. It's a really famous verse. I hadn't really considered it too much until kind of getting into this kind of a topic. Um, but it's Second Corinthians three eighteen. And it's referring to Moses again, um, right. or, or it was, and now it's applying it to us. And it says that we all with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's spirit. Right. And so this verse, it talks about going from glory to glory. Like, what does that mean? From glory to glory. Because that's like the same thing, right? Glory right. to glory. Like, what's the thought there? I guess like, what, what, what like, what do you think he's trying to say? Because that's confusing to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've always kind of viewed it like, well, it was what you said earlier. Like, when we got saved, there was some degree of glory that got into us because God is in us. It's the spirit. And if his presence is glory, then there's glory in us. And the whole, um, I mean, in a way, you'd, I guess it'd be potential. It's like all the glory of God, well, the spirit of God is in us. And so all the mm-hmm. glory that the spirit of God possesses is in us. Mm-hmm. But since glory is an expression, it's like a, it's some type of light to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, it means it needs to get out and there's basically a black covering over it which is our Mm. soul and our fallen self and nature and Mm. everything Mm -hmm. that goes with it right and and so in some ways it's like we are glory is being added to us but it Mm. it, that comes with um i don't what is the opposite of glory sin Mm. yeah i guess expression of satan maybe yeah or, I mean, or yeah. self, some, yeah. So I, yeah. So I guess the addition of glory, being transformed from one degree of glory to the next, is the uh, decrease or the reduction of sin. Mm. So we're getting, mm. <laughs> in the way, we're getting decreased from Satan's nature from one degree to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's a matter of degree, basically. Yeah. Like how much glory, like. Like we're being brought on from glory to glory in the sense that we are obtaining more and more glory right. as we're being transformed, which is what the verse says. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a great point. Like First Peter 4.14, it, it calls the spirit the spirit of glory. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, we talked about sanctification last time and, and it's like the divine life spreading, the spirit spreading, taking hold of our mind, emotion and will. When he's doing that, he's the spirit of glory. And so what happens? We're actually obtaining more glory. Like more glory is being wrought into our being um, to the point where we would reflect him. Yeah. We'd be like Moses, right? Not physically, at least not yet, but at least in our, in our virtues, right? In our living, we would be living him out to where people, when they look at us, they could see God. 
right. they could see Christ um, through our actions, through our living, through what we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that's our being glorified. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that, you know, there's this verse that we haven't mentioned yet, but in 1 Corinthians 15, is also a verse that I think people associate a lot with glory. Mm-hmm. It's it's the one that talks a lot of people associate with the rapture too, and the twinkling of an eye or in the blink of an eye, you know, mm-hmm. will be called up in incorruptible, in an incorruptible body, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that that's not true, and that's not a, a type of glory because it is. That's when our physical bodies will enter this glory. Yeah, but what we're talking about, and what these verses are talking about, is something that is inward and not outward, to where the glory is like growing in us, right? And it, I mean, it somewhat is being expressed through our bodies, but it's mm-hmm. like a, it's not a, it's not a physical expression, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like a, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what kind of expression you would call it. It was just our mannerisms, and it's our actions, and it's who we are as a, as a people, right? Right? Yeah, actually, in um that same chapter in first Corinthians 15 in verse like 40 through 43, mm-hmm. he starts to describe the process of obtaining this, this resurrection body, which wow. is what glorification is in the end. Yeah. Um, but he, he likens it to a seed being sown. And it's like, there's some, there's, there's something in the seed. It's sown into the ground and it, it, grows and it blossoms and then it brings forth this glorious flower like that is what if like the glory of a seed is the flower right the petal yeah um but but that seed didn't come forth that that flower didn't just pop out of nothing right it was a process of growing and he actually says explicitly in uh these verses this is crazy i mean it's totally new concept to me he says there is another glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for star differs from star in glory. So yeah, he's talking right. about different degrees of glory, right? Mm-hmm. And in verse 42, the next verse, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Wow. So our resurrection from the dead, that twinkling of an eye that's mentioned later in verse, what is that? 52. Yeah. Um, where it's raised incorruptible. It's not like that just happens out of nowhere because of the Lord's, you know, just mercy in his doing, though, obviously, mercy in his doing is part of that process. But the point is, it, it doesn't just happen from nothing. It's a it's a result of a, how we lived our life. Right. Like, how did the seed grow and develop in our life? Because depending on how it grew and how it developed, that results in a different type of body a different uh different ty- a different degree of glory in the end result in the flower yeah know? exactly um which is radically you know different than what i was taught growing up you know for <laughs> like, sure i'm just yeah, told sure. i'm going to heaven you know uh maybe i'll get a bigger mansion than you you know i don't know but <laughs> uh but like my body is going to actually reflect what was happening in my soul when I was on earth, yeah. what kind of transformation was going on in there? So it, it's a glorification. It's a process with a corresponding event at the Lord's coming at the Lord's second coming. Yeah. Actually it's it, only when the Lord comes, it's not when we die, when we die, we lose our body, but we don't get glorified right away. We, we actually wait in Sheol until the Lord comes back and resurrects us. Right. So, Glorification is, it is, it happens when the Lord comes back and it's a result of what happened in our soul, basically, mm-hmm. when we lived, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, because you have the verse where, you know, where Paul talks about um, departing, you know, because he would like to be with Christ. Mm-hmm. But what that is, that's not, that's not him obtaining his glorified body. That's him basically just losing that negative aspect of his body. Right. To, to where he doesn't have any, you know anything holding him back from what has already happened inwardly. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's no, you never get to a point of Christian perfection in this life. Mm-hmm. There's always the fallen flesh, the sin. And so, yeah, it keeps us from perfect union with Christ. 
right in our day to day right that's why we struggle because there's this body of corruption of humiliation that is the source of our all our problems you know yeah yeah um, so I, I thought maybe there's there's this other verse and this one is the one that really just like blew me away and that changed everything that i thought about glory um and it's second thessalonians 1 10 talking about the lord's coming uh and it talks about how he will come to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at in all those who have believed in that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Christ does come, he doesn't come to be glorified by us. Like it doesn't say that we don't get glorified. He doesn't get glorified by us. He comes to be glorified in us, right inside of us and be manifested in those who believed. And so Christ is glorified not by our saying glory be to God or by our um, doing things and then attributing them or accrediting them to right. God and his mercy. Um, yeah. though, though that's a totally legitimate claim. Like it is God who is doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's by his being glorified in us. In right. us. Like there's something that's manifested where Christ comes forth from those who believed when he comes back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's not, you know, in some, in some cases it's not even our thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that does somewhat express that not that we shouldn't have thankfulness, but just because right. we think, not think, thank God for something doesn't necessarily mean we're glorifying him just because mm-hmm. we scored a touchdown, just because we got a job. <laughs> right. We should thank the Lord. We should praise the Lord. Uh huh. But there's another aspect of it to to it of who we are as people. That's that's still the question. Who mm-hmm. we are as people is how we glorify God. That's right. That's right. And actually, so okay, this revolutionized to my concept. There's these verses in Ephesians one where it talks about um Paul kinda it's a beautifully designed chapter, Ephesians one, and mm-hmm. he praises the triune God in the first like fourteen or sixteen verses. But he ends each kind of praise for each, you know, um, person of the Trinity with uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace with which he graced us in the beloved. So it's and it describes what he does in us. It's like he's predestined us in the sonship. He's chosen us for the foundation of the world, make us holy without blemish. And it's all to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise. Yeah. To the praise. So. Or, or some people translate unto the praise of his glory, of the glory of his grace. Yeah. So it, this, th- what I originally took these verses to mean, and this is the natural religious concept is he does all this so that I would then praise him. Then I would say, glory be to God, praise you, Lord, for what you've mm-hmm. done. Right. But that's not what these verses are saying, especially in light of second Thessalonians one ten. It's saying that, what he does in us in his making us holy and without blemish in his predestining us unto sonship in his redeeming us, right. Cleansing us in the blood is it results. It issues in like it's unto the praise of the glory of his grace. Yeah. With which he has graced us in the beloved. So that grace, which has gotten inside of us results in praise from the spectators is what it's trying to say. Right. It's like what he rots in us, what he accomplishes in us is unto the praise of the glory of his grace. And so what's going to happen when, when the Lord comes back is actually the, the angels and even the, the nations that are there, they're going to, Christ is going to be glorified in his saints. What's been going on inwardly in a hidden way in all the Christians will break forth wow. in splendor for all to see. Right. And they will praise, right? They will praise. Like that's the verse in Matthew, right? The, whatever or what you do, my father will be glorified. You know what, do you know what verse I'm talking about? Um, I don't, I don't know. It'll result in like them glorifying my father. Oh gosh. Oh, I should know this verse. Darn. Well, it's okay. John 17? No, it's it's definitely in Matthew. It's in the like uh the Sermon on the Mount. Oh. I'll have to find it another time. Uh 
but basically like what he does in us results in people seeing it and glorifying him. Right. He gets glorified by what he does in us. Mm-hmm. Like in Ephesians mm-hmm. two ten, right? We're his workmanship, we're his masterpiece, right. his his grand poem, his grand work of art. He is working in us, rotting himself into us, in rotting his glory into us. Right? We've been predestined to be to the obtaining of the glory of our God. Yeah. Right? To the yeah. obtaining of the glory of our Lord. And when that breaks forth for all of the others to see they're just going to be on their knees and praising God for his mm-hmm. masterpiece, which he's created. Right. It is not a boast for us. It's not a um, look at what I've done. It's look what God has done in me. Yep. Right. Is really what it is. Right. I, I mean, and, this is, yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, yeah. I and mean, that's the biggest shame to Satan and his, you know, fallen angels is mm-hmm. what he, I mean, in some ways, he can say that now and has been able to say that for the last 2,000 years. Like, look what I did to your people. Mm-hmm. And he accuses us, and he says that to even us, you mm-hmm. know, like how bad we are and all that kind of thing. But when it gets to that moment, then God basically points a finger back, and we say the same thing to Satan and his people. Like, look at us. Yeah. You know, look at what the Lord has done in us. And it's, a, right. it's the biggest shame, the biggest defeat for Satan. It's right. the biggest glory to God. It's mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, I don't know, joy for us. Mm-hmm. Right. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our, our, we don't glorify God by our just living normal human lives and, you know, wearing a cross on our neck and saying glory, glory to you, God, mm-hmm. and telling right. people, God, I'm this way because God, we glorify God by being transformed yeah. and by, by living Christ, because by doing that, actually his glory is literally wrought into us, infused into us, dispensed into us. And in a, in a, in a small way and in a mysterious way, he's glorified in our living, right? Because that glory that's been wrought into us, it manifests itself even in spite of our humiliating body. It it's, comes forth in our human virtues in our living, yeah. in our charity, in our, in our acts of love. But exactly. it's ultimately manifested in our, um, when our body is transfigured and the, the, the technical glorification where all that's been rotten to our soul bursts forth in radiant light in our heavenly tabernacle, which is our resurrected body. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, to me, this is just like, it changed everything for me. Like, what is the Christian life about? Like, what am I, what am I striving for here? Oh, there's like an actual process that I'm going through. Like this growth is not just learning the Bible and being a good person. Like this is what God wants to do. This is God's economy. This is his plan. This is his salvation. Like this is everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is the peak. Yeah. Okay. But there's, Sorry, we've already gone really long. Um, <laughs> I hope people are sticking with us. But there's a, this other side of it because it's not just an individual aspect or thing. Right? right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We need to hit that point. Yeah. It, it's a corporate experience. Um, the Bible does not, you know, just just focus on individual Christians. It actually, God's goal is for the church, right? And if you go to the beginning of these podcasts, you'll – See, our first five were on God's eternal purpose from five kind of different angles or facets. Right. Um, and this this glory is actually, it's for the church, and it's it's a matter of the church and in God's purpose for his corporate expression, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it does. It's, it's, it's the same. Like, you can find this. in in all those five topics that we went through. Hmm. Um, And I guess just to keep it short, it's, it's the, the five things are expression of God, the bride of Christ, sons of God, God's building and God's kingdom. And every one of those, you can find them throughout the entire Bible. And so when you're reading the Bible, you'll hit each of these points at some, Mm -hmm. at some, at some time, but they all can be summed up in God's glory. Like they all function in some ways as, as the same thing. 
If God right. wants a bride, it has to be something that matches him. It has to be something that possesses his life. And by default, there's the expression of God. Same, right. thing, same thing with sons. Sons possess the life of their father, mm-hmm. uh, which is glory. And then building, you know, that's the, it's the same thing. When you, when you see the buildings in the Old Testament of what they did, like the tabernacle, like we already talked about, right. God's glory filled it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that's happening to us. And then the kingdom of God is a people group that can, can live up to God's rules, regulations, uh, constitution, Mm-hmm. Uh, and under his ruling and then obviously there's the expression of God but all of those things are throughout the New Testament throughout the Bible and I don't uh, there's nothing that's more important than that yeah yeah it's it's actually fascinating when we first talked about this we started thinking about like can you connect glory to these things and yeah. it's actually pretty explicit in the scriptures like um with the bride in Ephesians five, it talks about how she will be glorious. Yeah. Right. Spot wrinkle or any such thing like glory characterizes this bride. And when it comes to the building, the new Jerusalem, which is right. A type or a symbol of the church in the end. Right. It, it says that she has the glory of God. And I think it's 2111. Um, she, she possesses God's glory. That building possesses God's glory. Exactly. Uh, the sons, they're brought into glory. They're being led into glory in Ephes- or Hebrews 2, verse 10 and 11. And even with the kingdom, it says that they will shine forth in the kingdom of their father in Matthew 13, 43. Um, so anyways, it's like clearly glory is wrapped up in these these facets of God's purpose. Yeah. And, and it's a corporate matter. It's not just me getting glorified, Yahoo, woohoo. Like exactly. It's, it's in the church that glory is found. Even Ephesians three twenty one says that glory be to God in the church. Uh, so inside the church, we see God's glory and that's where he's glorified. It's not on the football field. It's not at your work. It's in the church specifically. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, I, I feel like, if anyone's still with us, I'm glad they made it through. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously a loaded topic, so it takes a little while to, <laughs> yeah. to hit all the aspects, you know. Yeah. Hey, to be honest, I'm glad I'm still with us. Hey, wow. We stuck through it. We stuck yeah, through it. Yeah, there we go. We stuck We did it. it. <laughs> yeah. Look at us. Okay. Just kidding. Sorry. My, my little brother just walked in the room and he Tell hit his knee. Hi. Okay. All hey, right. Will says hi. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> All right. See ya.